perfect partnership. Rosemary and Vera Ellen as the sisters who have them in a spin. With Dean Jagger as the unemployed general they take under their wing. Apparently there's still quite a bit about show business I don't understand. Oh, it'll come to you, sir. Just takes time. We wouldn't be any good as generals. You weren't any good as privates. A wonderful story that will warm your hearts, just as the breathtaking scope of a new screen wonder will widen your eyes. White Christmas in Vista Vision. Sleep, counting your blessings. The best thing happened while you're dancing. Things that you would not do at home come naturally on the floor. Handy, there's a minister handy, and the show would be dandy. Welcome to Movie Humpers. I am Bob Sham. I am Angela. Do you like my hair? I do. I said, you parted your hair one day. I said, I like your hair. And it has been parted ever since. Listen, I used to wear <laughs> my hair like this all the time, but also I saw Liz Fair last night and she has forehead bangs that like swoop and I was like, I can totally do that. But it does look nice. It's kind of a fresh <laughs> look for you. Yeah, I got some compliments today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look good. Thank you. I look the Also same. got a new nose ring. But yeah. Doesn't she look good? <laughs> Can't tell we're like in our early 40s, can you? I can see all my gray hair, so yes. <laughs> we look no older than 37. <laughs> Hold on, let me take my hat off. Now, are- <laughs> now I'm 48. Do you remember? Um, I need a the, haircut. There was the a person I used to work with who once, we were talking about ages of people and their relationships, and this girl so genuinely and seriously, and she was not joking, looked at me and was like, how much older is Bobby than you? And I was like, um, I'm, ele- I'm like 10 months older than Bobby. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, uh, I'm a cradle robber. I did like finally reach the age I looked. Yeah. Pretty much. But also at that time smoked a lot. I mean. I've got, I've still got some health things I need to straighten up, but your skin is good. But it sure, it sure as fuck ain't gonna happen um, this month uh, over Christmas, is it? Go ahead. A little ASMR. 
Yeah. Get that white woman juice in your body. (laughs) (laughs) Diet Coke. Killing your mother slowly. (laughs) Oh, there's going to be some offbeat selections for December in terms of holiday fare. But uh, for Mondays, in which we usually discuss retro stuff, we're going to talk about the heavy hitters. Yeah. You can guess them, right? White Christmas is definitely on that list of older movies about Christmas that have kind of lingered throughout time. You could call them Christmas classics. Christmas classics. Mm-hmm. So we're hitting them hard. Last year, we watched all the movie, all the classics that we're watching this month. Mm-hmm. I watched them all, all the way through for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. And there was some things that struck me about it, especially the one that we culminate into, which became, you know, it's always been a well-regarded movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. But when I sat and watched it, I uh, was really struck by its sincerity. And, yeah. And it, it maybe is a little saccharine, but like not as much as you might think. Well, and these are movies that I... Grew up watching every year, all of them. You know, Miracle on 34th Street, White Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life. Watched them so many times when I was a kid. But now, as a kid, as a kid, this was like this kind of thing was like kryptonite for me. Oh, really? Well, like I just made it a point to. Oh, sure. Oh, it's in black and white, and it's a Christmas movie. Watching it as an adult, it hits so different. Yeah, there are things I never picked up on. That are so much more meaningful to me now. The one through line in all of these movies, and like they're good at varying degrees, you know. Um, I do think It's a Wonderful Life much more perfect in in evoking what I'm trying to say here. But I do, I I really respect the ant the line of anti cynicism, yeah, that courses through these movies, even in White Christmas, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, like. It has that too, but it's still kind of got a consumer angle to it. Yeah, but it does. but it's still more like a spread the spread the spread the money around. Exactly, kinda. it's like a if you can't find what you want here, I'm going to tell you where in town to go to get yeah, it, insta- which is a total like instead of just shutting you down from going anywhere or else. shoving something at you that you don't really want. But the line of the anti cynicism in White Christmas, which is in color, it's in Technicolor and Vista Vision. <laughs> This is everyone knows this one. It's a musical. This is our first musical too, isn't it? Yeah. Irving are they with some Irving Berlin songs? White Christmas, directed by Michael Curtis. This is our third Michael Curtis movie. He directed the two oh, Errol yeah. Flynn movies we watched, starring Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen, with songs by Irving Berlin. I. Was obsessed with Danny Kaye when I was a kid. If there was ever a Danny Kaye movie on, I would stop and watch it. I watched a lot of old movies when I was a kid. More so even than I did. And there was probably a period where I didn't watch any at all. And then you and I started watching them together when we started dating. But it was like everything was like Shirley Temple, Danny Kaye. Like I'm watching uh, Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin. You know, like those were people that were constantly on the television. But White Christmas is sort of the big the, one. The big one. Yeah. But anti-cynicism, anti-cynicism line in this movie, which I respected, was they reacquaint with a general that they were in the war with. They served Bing Crosby and Danny served in World War II where they did performances. Danny saves Bing Crosby's life and gets him to be like, Okay, since I saved your life, we're going to be like a comedy duo act. But this movie is also like no general has ever gotten their dick sucked harder (laughs) 
than they do in this movie. Yeah. Like, this is the most pro-general propaganda. I think even people in the armed services would be like, there's a lot of general dick-sucking in this movie. But... They make it very clear from the beginning that he was just a special man. Like, he, yeah, he, he was, was a good leaving, guy. And the guy that was coming in after him was more what you might expect to be like a hard-nosed general. Like, even he was kind of like, oh, this guy's going to whip y'all into shape. So they reacquaint with him by going into Vermont, where they're going with the uh, the Hayne sisters. And, um, and Comedy of errors to get them there. But yeah, because Danny Kay is trying to get Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney to hook up. He just wants... He wants Bing Crosby to get in a relationship so that he has some free time. Because they're together always, working always. So this hotel is run by the their old general. Yeah, it's it's just like a so bed happens. and breakfast ski lodge. All the bed and breakfast lodges in the world and you run into your old two-star generals. So they decide that they want to... There's no snow. The general is not getting people coming in. So they work up all their routine and get all their people they work with to come there... Two days, two, three days before Christmas. Yeah, they have a whole show in I guess Vegas. they don't have families or anything. And they all go and they all arrive and they're all setting up to do this grand show to help draw people into this place. Mm-hmm. And there's some contention when Rosemary Clooney, through the gospy lady who runs the joint, gets when like the maid. Gets when that like she listens to half a conversation where some guys trying to pitch advertisements and stuff like that. To make money off the scenario. And they don't listen to the full conversation. And it's a problem. But it's this notion that, oh, if you're going to do this to make money. Then fuck you. Then fuck you. Which, for sure. But 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 the maid didn't listen to the whole conversation. And then she went and told it to someone else. And then that person never asked a question. Like, it's really dumb. It is dumb. Even as a kid, I don't it even was think frustrating it's, as I don't, hell I don't to even, me. I don't even think it's, it's like a typical, like, sitcom kind of. It is. And it, it's like it's like stupid. Like these are grown people. And Bing Crosby's like, "What did I do?" Because the thing is, is and the man ne- they who never has, hash it out either. They just decide to just be together. Well, she, I'm sure. Yeah, she never tells him why she was mad, but right, she that. figures out that he was not doing it for a, a money play. So basically, the guy who runs this like late night show was also in there in the army with them and he all he wanted to do was go on his television show and make a call to get all the army men in the area to come there and what she heard was him saying like we could bring cameras you could film the whole thing we could do a real like sob story about the old man and bing was like no and, that's uh, not what we're fucking doing here. I just want this platform to see the guy. And that's kind of my favorite part of that movie. Because the world in this time had plenty of its own problems. Sure. Like, of course. But th- that notion of not profiteering off every little thing is kind of a refreshing notion. I think in modern movies, even with their best intention, honestly don't think that. Like, I think a modern version of this would be like, Let's raise money. Let's do this. Let's up the profile so that even though it's not getting a lot of snow this time of year up here, it can float the general's establishment for a long time. But Bing Crosby not only doesn't make money on this, he's losing money because he wasn't like these people were getting like a paid time off. But he actually said when he called their like stage manager to set it up, it was like, get everyone you can, we'll pay them double, and you'll also get a bonus. 
And they were supposed to be, like, preparing to perform at, like, Radio City Music Hall in New York. So they also gave up a gig Wait. in the hole for this. But they it gave was up more the gig. important. They gave up the gig just in the hopes that Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney will get together. That was, like, Danny Kaye and Vera Ellen's whole plan. Well, yeah, Danny Kaye, like, did trick trick him into that. So he'd already given up the gig. But at that point, he'd only given up the gig. And then... He just, like, gave up a bunch of money. I mean, they had it. They've been working for years together, making all this money. Why do you think Danny Kay? Obviously, it seemed like Danny Kay and Vera Ellen and trying to get their friends together. Yeah. That obviously, it seemed like they were good together. But Danny Kay was very nervous, very resistant to Vera Ellen's advances towards the end. Why do you think that is? Gay? Gay? No. I have a theory. It's not gay, but I'm just throwing that question out. I don't think that, but I do think that he he's still playing the field. Whether or not he's younger than Bing Crosby, he definitely gives little brother vibes in this relationship. And so to him, I think he's still like sowing his wild oats, but he wants Bing Crosby to settle down so he can go sow his oats. He's not ready to also get married. Mm. That's something that the older guy, responsible guy does. I'm still happy-go-lucky Danny Kay. Yeah. But then he falls in love with her. I guess. But also, it's it's played for comedy. Like, it's not... That style of comedy, the Danny Kay, it's it's also like that Richard Lewis, very physical... Richard Lewis? Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. <laughs> I like Richard Lewis, though. Yeah, but I don't think... <laughs> I'd love to see Richard Lewis's physical comedy. Uh, but, yeah, Jerry Lewis, like, having an awkward, stuttering way of, like, talking through a problem or something mm-hmm. like that. I won't say the humor is very... Timely in terms of modern context. At one point when Danny Kay is trying to keep, they're hiding what's, they're setting up for the general and Danny Kay is pretending like his leg hurts. Yeah, it's and very it, over it, the top. It, it, feel? it feels pretty good, sir. Put, put your weight on it. Hey, my weight right here, sir. Oh. Oh. Susan, call a doctor. Oh, please don't do that, sir. It's probably just a small internal muscular hemorrhage, sir. Maybe if it was 1950 i'd be like man that's the height of comedy i don't know well i will say but i'm honestly there were points where and i do think this is a good movie but there's points where i'm looking at danny k and i'm thinking like you're kind of fucking annoying to me the reason it's forgivable is because of the time period and because honestly they were not too far out of like vaudeville you know, like it's not yes, that far I do understand that, from that yeah. whole like style. But then, then you fast forward to something like Naked Gun, and it's kind of the same thing where it's like somebody hits you and you're like, whoa! And like then it's kind of forgivable because of the time period. And then when you get to like the 80s and you're still doing it, it's like, that's why that bothers me and this doesn't. Um, but this is definitely silly. It is silly, and for sure. And there's a lot of like kind of almost dad jokes sometimes with these older movies i'm trying to try to contextualize the little throwaway bits they say because like in anything in any time they're making like these loose references to pop culture or occurrences of their day and it is kind of fun with older movies to try to like analyze like what does that mean? Like, is there a reason? Because I didn't watch this one CBS sitcom <laughs> right. in like 1947 that was only yeah. on for two years, you know? Yeah. Some shit like that. These little turn of phrases that have survived over time were really just some throw off lines that everyone was repeating for like decades. But let's talk about the, the music and we'll okay. get into the singing and the dancing. 
What was your favorite song? I actually did like when they were um, the routine and the the song. Look, the music is this music. It's like you know, Bing Crosby is a crooner, mm-hmm. Rosemary Clooney much more of a contemporary singer for that time. Um, I love her voice. It's like that classic show tune style. But at that time, it seemed like that was also some of the biggest music, the most popular music of that time. Yeah. It seems like it's loosely connected with the crooner style or like just the, like a contemporary jazz vocal of the style or like a, or like a toned down swing or big band music. Well, and, and all that works because they're basically doing a variety show. Sure. So it all kind of, Fits in in different ways. But what were you going to say? What's your favorite moment Um, or song? I don't know if I have a favorite song, but I think like the combined, when they're making fun of that contemporary dance style. Oh, it's choreography. Choreography is that the the Fosse style, is that what you call it? Yeah, they're making fun of Fosse. The theater, the theater. What's happened to the theater? Especially where dancing is concerned. They're making a pop culture reference that's very fresh yeah. at that time, but is like well over half a century old by the time we're watching it. Yeah, they're definitely commenting on like a changing of tides, like of, of the way that people like handled. And the whole way that was put together, I actually did like that routine. Interesting. But I'm, but I'm imagining that song, Sisters, that sisters. the Haynes sisters sing. Uh-huh. Sisters, sisters. There were never such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. That song sucks, right? Like, it's a shitty song. Like, that's not a song. People might listen to it for nostalgia towards this movie in particular, but no one in their life is ever going to be like, I've got to hear that song, sister. Two different faces, but in tight places. We think and we act as one. Uh-huh. Never want to hear it unless I'm watching this movie. It gets stuck in my head. The word that comes to mind about that song is kitschy. Absolutely, yeah. That's the word that comes to mind. Corny. It's cutesy, it's funny, but even in the movie, by the time they're doing it the second time in Vermont, I'm like, can we do a different song, please? Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's, then, it's too And then Bing much. and Danny do it. Sisters, sisters, there were never such devoted sisters. Danny looked real comfortable in that scene. <laughs> I mean, hey, why not? Maybe. Uh, no, no judgment. So the girls do the song, then the boys do it really funny, but then when the girls do it again seriously, that's when it's like, can you please stop? Yeah. Do you have any other songs? For fuck's sake, do you have any other songs? Exactly. And and then you never hear that one again, so you're good. It's good. But and and um the only one that they do kind of come back to is the song for the general, which is my second favorite song in this movie, which is, you know, the I'll follow the old man. Yeah, yeah, we hear that a couple times. Love that because it's kind of more of a march style yeah. It actually brings tears to my eyes at the beginning and the end. Because because I know it's gonna happen, but also it's a very sweet movie, mm-hmm. um, and 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 they really love him, and it means so much to him, and so there's just I don't know, but so I love that. My favorite is probably blessings. You're worried and you can't sleep. 
Just count your blessings instead of sheep And you'll fall asleep Counting your blessings Which is the one that Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney sing to each other Mm -hmm. um when they fall in love so it's that that's um, a sweet scene that's a good that's a good one when i was little i used to imagine that i would sing that song to children one day the i did really enjoy the routine between uh, danny k and vera ellen when they're dancing uh on the outside and they're going across the bridge like that's very entertaining and i thought it was really well shot the cinematography by loyal griggs like he, it was, it's, it's a very well-made movie. It, it is. And, and she's a very good dancer and that's, and he is too. And it, we, we actually were talking about this before we watched this movie about something else where it's annoying when now, especially in like modern times, like even if people learn the dance, they want to like go in on these close-ups and they yeah, want to yeah. do like these swooping shots. And it's like, no, just sit there and let us watch them Take dance. Take in the movement. And you got that in this movie, and it was beautiful. And so many movies from that time let you t- just take it in. It we'll, takes the time. We'll go harder on that criticism during our Hallmark six-pack because yes. there was some bad camera work on a dance routine. And, yeah, it was real And we bad. had a conversation. And you would mention you watch some of these dance shows, and you mentioned that it's also a problem on there. Like these camera yeah, works. competition Like shows. why would you keep zooming in and then – when Vera Ellen and Danny Kay are doing their dances, the only time their feet get cut off are when they swoop into the camera and then they go right back. Yeah, but it's because they're coming towards you. Exactly. It's, it's a choice to let you feel like, oh wow, like this is yeah, almost like a room. like a three like it'd be a three D effect exactly. or something. But yeah, um, th- the only dance competition show that I watch and it's not even on anymore was So You Think You Can Dance. In the last few seasons, they actually did this stupid, stupid, stupid thing where they made a round stage so that they could spin the camera around you. It made me dizzy. Like, it was not even that you couldn't see their feet. It was also like, you're making me nauseous. It's like, like one of those props when TikTokers are, like, dancing. Yeah, it's like, why do you need to be, like, let it's like it speak TikTok, for itself. It's fucking TikTok camera work is what it is. Oh, my God. It is. Um, Embarrassing. But, but also, so this is so difficult. I also really love the Snow song. Snow, 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 snow. Snow, snow, snow. Snow. It won't be long before we'll all be there with snow. 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 I love cocaine. Give me snow. <laughs> my favorite line, which is the dumbest line, is I'll wash my hair with snow. <laughs> it's like, if you want, no one's going to stop you. Don't know why you got to keep telling us. So, yeah, but I, you know, and also transparently, I did watch this movie a ton when I was a kid, and we did Thank watch it last year. Thank you for being transparent. You're welcome. We did watch it last year, and so right before we started watching it, this time, I kind of didn't want to because I felt like I'd seen it too soon ago. Like, I thought there needed to be more time, but I love this movie so much that as soon as it started, I was like, I'm good. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. There's I a, love there's, it. There's enough here to keep you in. Yeah. Even my little quips about like, yeah. I'm pretty broad-minded about music, but like, this just isn't. This is one of the few styles that I'm not 
don't feel that open to, to be honest. And I yeah. guess, look, I'm not classically like a musical guy or anything like that, but I can pr- appreciate it in the structure and context of where it is, but I don't really pursue it like, I'm not being like, I'm going to need the soundtrack to this Irving Berlin. Oh, totally. By the way, White Christmas, White Christmas, this is not the first appearance of White Christmas. Uh, Irving Berlin wrote it for Holiday Inn originally. Which I want on our list for next year. I want to watch that movie because I've never seen it. He was also a Jewish man. Oh, one of the things I think makes that easier to digest is that most of the songs are performances. It's not just... I'm going to sing with you. And even when they're on the train singing the it snow helps, song, they're all sure. singers. And so it it's helps. like, let's sing a song together. Uh, Vera and Ellen, that could happen in real life. She's Vera, not a, not a She singer. is not. It wasn't her voice in the songs. It was like two different women that were backing up vocals there. Obviously, it was Rosemary Clooney's voice. Yeah. But Vera Ellen is more of a pure dancer. <laughs> And she, yeah, I mean, that so, was obvious. So someone else had to sing those. Can and I obviously, say, though, they could have got someone even a little better because I thought, oh, she's not hitting some of these notes. Very Ellen looked like a little pixie lady. I definitely would prefer the more natural looking beauty of Rosemary Clooney. And I just, I just love her when she sings that. In the sagging balls of Bing Crosby. <laughs> He's got to be like 15 years older than all of than than all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rosemary Clooney. I think was fairly young in this. I think that you had to hire Bing Crosby and put him on camera for scenes just so at least in those moments he wasn't beating his kids. Oh, was he one of those? Well, there was some reputation. I didn't know that. That he was hard on his kids. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you can, now you hate him. You can hate everyone that raised me too because every once in a while I got it. Let's hate our parents. Don't hate my parents. I'm a big Crosby too. Get your ass over oh. here and pick a switch. The other thing is the costumes in this movie are gorgeous. Mm. There's so much to look at. It's so like visually stunning. And it's not all Christmas. Because they're doing this variety show, you talked about the choreography song. Like there's so much of it that's it's not specifically Christmas. There's only really like a song about snow, White Christmas. You know, like there's just not that. It's it's more of a variety, um, which I really really love. Also, there's a really sweet relationship between the general and his granddaughter. Oh yeah, yeah. That she's a lovely young girl playing this role, and I also got a little teary eyed at the end. So they basically trick him so he doesn't know that Bing Crosby has has made this plea for all the men to come so they all show up and it's christmas eve and they're doing the big show and they've hidden all of his suits so he's forced to put on his uniform and he puts his uniform on and he's walking down the stairs and his little granddaughter i mean she's a teenager but she's standing at the bottom of the stairs and she looks up at him and it is like she is looking at the most famous movie star she's ever seen in her life but it's like so sweet and genuine and it's that I don't know. It's just, it's like, it's like that innocent, 
Like, listen, sure, he probably did some shit stuff at some point in his life, but she doesn't know it. And he is, like, <laughs> a perfect... Well, you try to process that in your mind. like Example. He... <laughs> well, no, the I just horror he of war. Well, he committed. was in war, and I'm sure he... I mean, listen, he's, he's not perfect, but look, she looks at him as though he's, like... When you're shooting at the Nazis, we'll give you a pass. That Actually, that's true. It was <laughs> All World right, War II. That's not the worst war to be in, for sure. I just mean... It's that, it's almost like, like, she looks at him like she's, he's like the ideal version of what a man should be. Yeah. And it's so pure, like, she just, so much love. It's like radiating from this person. I just thought it was really sweet and, like, a beautiful moment. And even when he comes to the bottom of the stairs and he, like, takes her arm, she's just, like, staring at him as they walk. I also liked it, you know, when we had a... Uh, Rosemary Clooney's Jessica Rabbit moment. You planned a romance that just hadn't a chance, and I'm through. Love, you didn't do right by me. When yeah. <laughs> she runs away because she's disgusted by the cynicism That's that my other she song. never talks about, but there's more more choreography in this one too. Yep, and uh, it is definitely choreography. So Bing comes down to the club, figures out where she's at to explain himself and try to convince her to come back. And well, yeah, he doesn't she, have anything to explain because he still doesn't know why she's mad. She does this sultry uh, nightclub number, and it's Love. a it's a nice it's a nice scene. You didn't do right by me. And the movie get is so Christmassy by the end that you do appreciate that like. It had some visual variety leading up to what became pretty much pure mainline Christmas stuff by the time you get to the end of it. Yeah. at the, the So in the very end, you know, they, they honor the general and it's very, very sweet. Like they actually did the set to look like the beginning of the movie when they were all in the army. And It'd be funny if he had him. like a flashback, like a... Like half the soldiers just start freaking the fuck out. They were, because they- <laughs> they were doing performances among ruins like... Things were blowing up around them. It's true. Uh, <laughs> the general would be like, this is great, but I did not need to go back here. Okay? <laughs> and it was the 10th anniversary yeah. of him retiring. So they'd all been away from each other for 10 years. So they're they're singing the song again to him. You know, I'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go, um, which is wonderful. And, and then someone comes up and taps him on the shoulder and is like, whispers in his ear. And he goes out to the front of the inn and he opens the doors and there's snow everywhere. And it's snowing and there's snow on the ground. And then they go back inside and they start singing White Christmas. And there's a set that looks like, a, you know, a house at Christmas time. But then in the middle of it, they open the barn doors at the back of the stage. And then you're just watching like actual snow falling behind yeah. them. I mean, maybe not probably actual snow, but snow in the movie. And it was, it's just lovely. It is like overly sweet, but it is that like storybook fairy tale ending of they pulled it off. Rosemary and Bing are back together. Danny Kaye seems to not be frightened of kissing Vera anymore. Is it Vera? I think he maybe like lost some things in the war. (laughs) Oh, is that your theory? Like it wasn't just his arm. That or he's asexual, maybe. But yeah, it culminates into a, a, a nice, sweet Christmas concentrate. But uh, yeah, that's White Christmas and uh, by Michael Curtis mm-hmm. with Bing, Danny, Rosemary, and Vera Ellen. And uh, from 1954, 
pretty good. We're going to give it one through five. You're gonna, uh, we're both going to give it one through five. Yes. Five for best out of ten. I think this movie, for me, I'm going to give it a 3.5. There, Some of the, the situational waffling. I know. I mean, maybe it's a little f- fresher for that time, but it's pretty... It still seems, you know, you just concentrate too hard on it being silly. But mm-hmm. 3.5 out of 5 is a very good store because everything else elevated it properly. I, ooh, I don't even want to say to you that that's what I was thinking as well because I feel like that has happened too many times. I've been kind of going between like a 3.75 and a 3.5, but I really don't think it's a 3.75 because I don't think it's that close to a 4. I think it's really good. A 7 the is a good score. The is really good, but I'm going to also give it a 3.5 because I think a 7 makes sense for this movie. Um, if they didn't sing Sisters three times, <laughs> it'd probably be like uh, maybe like a 7.5. And a little less slapstick comedy. <laughs> well... I'm not even holding that against it too They hard. didn't do the minstrel song. Oh, uh, well, they didn't do it, you know. Minstrel goes back to Europe, you know, like, what, lighthearted No, I know, I'm just dancing. kidding. That was a bad. But thank goodness they weren't in blackface for that bit. Yeah. And thank goodness they weren't talking in that exaggerated oh, voice. Oh, no, they were not. So, you know, no, no complaints there. No complaints there. At least we got to take it. It, it. There's some moments where it just seems like, they know enough to know that it's wrong because you see them choosing not to go certain routes. This is true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yep. So it's like, it's a poor excuse a lot of time, even when you look back. That said, um, a seven, the, the, a solid, that's a solid score. If you make a, if you make a this seven. This is better than Barbie. If you make a seven movie. Um, if you think it's better than Barbie, then go up 0.25. I probably should have gone down on Barbie. And it may be... Yeah, I think White Christmas is like a 7.25. Let's do it. I'm going to give it a 3.75. So take a peek at it. The 7.25s joining the ranks of the Goonies. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Uh, Deep Red. A recent one we did. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. White Christmas joins the rankings of that. I could see we might be lower than a lot of people on it, but not by much. That said, there's a lot more holiday goodness to go. Come back every Monday for the heart, the heavy hitter Christmas classics as we break them down bit by bit. I've got more and more interesting takes on these oldies. But yeah, and plenty of in-movie drops every week. In theater drops? In theater drops, yes. Our Thanksgiving episode, the Eli Roth Thanksgiving, our most popular at the movies episode yet. Nice. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, I think that that movie was pleasantly surprising. I um, loved it. Like, subscribe, click on the links in our show notes, leave a comment. We appreciate you. Death to all traitors. (laughs) 